Welcome back to Geekish Cast. This is episode 74, Do I Need Your Civil War? This week I am joined by Oz from Postmortem Radio. What's up, Oz? Hey, how's it going? Jeremy, how you doing? Doing, doing well, thank you, sir. And Doug Sturk from Sturkwork.com. What's happening, Doug? Oh, not much. How are you, Jeremy? Oh, better than a pig in the shit, really. <laughs> and... <laughs> And how are you doing over there, Paul? Not bad. Just uh, nursing a hangover, like I said earlier. But, uh... Hey, and just a quick reminder to people in the Central Valley of California, uh, July 9th and 10th, there is going to be, a, at the Modesto Center Plaza, there is a convention called ModestoCon. Uh, Sam J. Jones from Flash Gordon is going to be there. Doug Jones from uh, Hellboy and uh, Fantastic Four Number 2 is going to be there. Cards, comics, cosplay. Uh, tickets are only four bucks. There will be a link to the place where to buy the tickets in the show notes. So go to geekishcast.com and find that. Um, but guys, we're finally getting around to doing our civil war wrap up episode. It's only two weeks behind. It's about time. <laughs> I know. Well, well, I had a dog, I had a dog emergency that day. And then the day after was mother's day. Well, but, you know, it works out pretty good, though, because then that way, you know, we're, anybody out there that's listening hasn't had a chance to see the movie yet. If, if you haven't seen it yet by now, shame on you. And Shame um, on you, and there are going to be spoilers in that's here. That's right. So don't so, want to hear spoilers 100%. too fucking bad. Yeah, you, know? you, can, you can come back and listen to this later. Well, let's start with just general impressions. Uh, I know Doug has been chomping at the bit to talk about it since the day it came out. So, <laughs> yeah. Doug, you want to you want to give us your thirty thousand foot view on it real quick? Uh, overall, I give it like a B plus, A minus. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of plot holes in this thing, and there's a lot of of why in the world did they do that? But from Ooh. a visual standpoint, it's a blast. <laughs> you know, we yeah, it does. We, we finally it does see a, a it's a George Perez battle you know in the in the end of the second act there and it it lives up to the hype for it although i'm disappointed that they're showing the big uh giant man thing in the trailers now yeah that was something that was pretty incredible when i first saw it because i did not expect it um and oz you saw this what a month a month and a half ahead of the rest of us i saw it three weeks before it came out and um yeah the it was actually so early that the second post credit scene wasn't even hadn't even been added yet. So uh the one with uh you know, him coming home and um Aunt May with the Spidey signal and all that stuff. That that, that yeah. I didn't even see that the first time. That's that's how early I saw it. Yeah. So on a uh, on a letter grade scale, what would you give it? I I would have to go and and kind of say the same A minus. I mean, there's so much that is that, that was good about this film. Um there's really only a couple of minor, well, maybe not quite so minor, things that, that I would, that kind of makes me scratch my head about it and I was a little bit disappointed. One, it was it was very lacking on the whole villain part mm-hmm. of it. They were all, it was all good guys. Um, you know, and I and I know that we've had in, in comic book hero movies in the past, we've had, you know, we've done the whole multiple villains in the same movie thing done to death. Um, but it would have been nice to have at least one real good bona fide villain. Um, that's, that's really that. And then the fact that if you remember on the, the, the episode where we talked, um, very, uh, broadly about civil war, I said that there was, there was a similarity to Batman versus Superman. Did you, did you guys figure that out yet? 
only in the broadest of senses. So why don't you let us know exactly what you're talking about? Um, well, what I was talking about was it, it seemed very much the same sort of, you know, the bad guy tricking the good guys into fighting each other kind of thing. That, okay, that's, yeah. that's what I was getting at. Um, I think they did it a lot better than Batman versus Superman did. Um, but it just seemed kind of, you know, I mean, we've got all these really smart, you know, good, you know, superheroes, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around this one guy that managed to to orchestrate all this to get every single one of them to, you know, buy into this and and fight each other and create this whole mess, you know, and and nobody, you know, was able to look outside and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, let's look at what's going on and. Maybe it wasn't Bucky that did this or anything, you know, I mean, so, I mean, that, that's the only part that really, um, yeah. And actually I'll want to spend a few minutes on that in a little bit here because that's, uh, that was the, the problem I had with it as well, but it's also the same problem I had with like the dark Knight. is that if one part of their, if the bad guy's plan was slipped up by one part, the whole movie would have been 12 minutes long. Right. Yep. Yeah. Paul, how about you? What is your, your top-down view on this movie? Um, I love this movie. I mean, I I watched it with my son, and just the whole experience of it was amazing. Um, I'd give it an A. Um, I can overlook some of the small plot holes and the coin, like all the coincidences that have to happen to make the, the movie work. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a comic book movie, and I've been reading comics forever, and every comic has those same type of thing. Well, yeah, there's going to be contrivances. Yeah, you know, so uh, I'm okay with that. Um, I just, I just dug it because I didn't like it as much as um, Winter Soldier. Um, Really? Yeah, Winter Soldier is my favorite. Well, prior to this movie, it was too. That that and the original Iron Man. But, uh, I mean, I I had to give this one, I, I had to, I mean, it's right there with Winter Soldier for me. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it made me reshuffle my Marvel favorites, because now I go Winter Soldier, Iron Man, Civil War. Uh, I would probably (sighs) be right there. Maybe the Avengers would be in between. Well, now if I was doing my top five, it'd be a little bit different. My top three are those, yeah. Um, One of the things, I just want to point this out real quick. When they announced Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, I was, the whole time, I'm like, and it was bad enough with Sally Field, but I was like, I shouldn't want to fuck anime. This, this is not, <laughs> this is not right. Yeah, those words should the, never be spoken. Exactly. The fact that Tony Stark actually brings it up in the movie. He's like, if you do that again, I'm calling your hot aunt. Yeah. Was fucking hilarious to oh, me. Oh, well, even before that, he's like, you know, he mentions, you know, your, uh, how does he word it, though? He words it, your uh, uncanny, uncanny attractive or something like that. Yeah, and, well, that's what I mean. Just the fact yeah. that it kept coming up yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, I thought that was outstanding. Um, hey, Paul, so you're a little more steeped in uh, comic book lore, especially for the Marvel Universe, than I am. Mm-hmm. Is Bucky Barnes in the comics the guy who killed uh, Stark's parents? No. Okay. That was the part of the movie that felt the most tacked on to me at the end. Yeah, they're not even his parents. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right yeah. That's we're not going to go there. <laughs> they did a lot of changes with Iron Man. Howard and Maria right aren't now. his parents. Not no. right now. Not currently. Apparently. Hmm. Okay. 
No, he's a dog. I've, I haven't read Iron Man in a long. I mean, since I was a kid. So. And he's got a brother, and there's this whole thing. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Aliens were involved. <laughs> yeah. I just wish they changed his mother's name to Martha for this movie. I really wish they had. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they did that because I didn't see that coming. To me, Black, uh, Black Panther and Ant Man kind of stole the show. I mean, a lot of people, you know, say that they think Spider Man stole the show. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think they did. They did get Spider Man right, but um, and it was cool. But I don't know. To me, walking out of that theater, it left me wanting more Black Panther. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? Well, I think the story is um, definitely designed that way. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. You know, it's, it's yeah, it just sucks. For you we're gonna want to see Black Panther so badly. <laughs> and, it, and it did. I agree with you. I do. I do want to see Black Panther now. Right. It sucks. We have to wait till 2018. But when when I saw it at the at the um, advanced screening, I mean, when he the first time you see him, when he you know tackles Bucky or on that rooftop or whatever it was, and then he kind of does his stance. I mean, the crowd just went absolutely freaking bonkers. I mean, it was it was crazy. Um, for that, it was that that, and then when. Um, when Ant Man hit, when he became Giant Man, yeah. they did the same thing. It didn't go nuts like that when when you saw Spider Man. Now my my eight year old, <laughs> he did because as soon as they showed him from the back carrying the DVD player and you know he was bouncing up and down in the seat going is that, is that Spider Man is that Spider Man is that Spider Man and I'm like Blake settle down you know, we're not we're, we're not sitting at home okay there's other people that are trying to <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think those two stole the show. But I am happy that they finally got Spider Man right. Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm super looking forward to Homecoming because this is the best, you know, iteration of Spider Man I've seen on television and film. Yeah, I agree. I, with I, you. Did, you, did you guys? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you Did you guys? I saw I read a story yesterday that said that they're they're in talks to uh, possibly introduce. Kingpin into yep. Spider-Man coming. Did you hear about that? No. Yeah. Vincent Nafro or whatever he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that something I want to see awesome. is the integration of the Netflix stuff. That would be, I mean, I, I think he's a great, he, I mean, Vincent Nafro I mean, was a great Kingpin. I mean, I oh, think yeah. the, mo- the movies have definitely had the problem of the weak bad guys or the, you know, they're just filler. They're not, they're not really anything substantial except for like Loki, who was so good, they made him a good guy, you know? Right. But as yeah. far as the Netflix things, D'Onofrio and and the Punisher and and uh, the Purple Man have all been outstanding. Outstanding. Right. Yep. The the one thing we could say about this movie is um, Zemo's not dead. That's true. Right. So Black we Panther didn't get him quit. right away. So I think he's going to be a bigger part, and um, especially being at the raft, and you know, uh, I think there's some possible Thunderbolt stuff coming later, and. They at least set the oh, I, d- I definitely think there's, I definitely think there's Thunderbolt stuff coming because otherwise, I mean, he's, I mean, why even have him yeah. in this in this film? I mean, yeah, except he wasn't at the raft at the end. No, but I thought it was hysterical that you know Tony Stark, you know, puts him on hold like yeah. watch, watch the watch the light blink. <laughs> that was so great. All right. Honestly, Sorry about that, guys. Anybody else think of any other actor? I, me- I remember when when they they first announced that they cast him as Tony Stark. 
uh, Robert Downey Jr. Can can anybody can you think of anybody else that could even remotely pull off that character? I hate to say it, but Tom Cruise could have done it, and he was an original up for it. Uh, yeah, I remember I that. Know, I know, I know. I don't I, think I, he, I, uh, I agree, but as far as acting, he is a good actor. He is a thankful name. You know. And think of how much money they could save with the smaller Iron Man suit. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, that, I mean, all these, all that said is true, but I don't. The thing that I think would have been lacking is the humor aspect of it. I mean, Downey's delivery and you know his sarcasm and humor, and and that's like become a staple of the Marvel movies. That's what sets them apart. I mean, and it's just. It's just enough humor to make it entertaining, and it's really funny. It's not cheesy. It's not campy. Right, right. Oh, there's, there's um, no doubt it would have been a totally different movie, but I think it still would have been successful. You know, we just would Successful, oh, yeah. yes, but, but... But it would not... I don't think it would have... I mean, I think Downey is what made it made Iron Man such a beloved character because of his personality. And who else better to play... An alcoholic womanizer. I mean, it's, yeah, right. it's, I mean, it's basically he's playing himself. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean. Well, and I think that's why it comes off the way it does. And also, remember, in the comics, they were about to turn Tony Stark into the Lex Luthor of the Marvel Universe until that movie came out, and they went, "Hey, we should actually make him more like that." Right. Oh, yeah. He was on his way to to being a villain. You know. The comics definitely took what was going on in the movies and implemented it. In- into that. So, no, uh, RDJ was, I think, the strongest choice for Iron Man that you could have made, at least for what we have now. I, I couldn't, I, looking back on it, I couldn't see somebody else playing it. I, I can't either. I mean, yeah, it'd be really hard to. And, and when his contract's up and as they move forward, I mean, I can't see, I mean, I don't see how they would, how they could recast Tony Stark, to be honest with you. I have a, a harder time recasting Captain America than I do Tony Stark. I mean, the guy that got to play Howard Stark, the young Howard Stark, could easily, you know, step into this. Could have stepped into those shoes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I you mean, know, who, you know, it's. Go ahead. I mean, you acting is is about acting. It's not necessarily you don't have to have those true experiences. It's just can that actor pretend like he did? That, you know, he did. The guy that I thought you know would have been perfect for Captain America and he was considered early on. He's got the look at, the only thing is is he's he's a little older. And I think that's why he didn't get the part Mark Valley. I think I know who you're about to say. <laughs> Mark Valley? Is he the guy that plays Dum Dum Duncan? No. No, he he was in the uh Human Target TV show. So I like John Hamm. Uh That was Alex Ross's number one pick. Yeah. John well, and John uh, Hamm was picked out to play Superman at one point, which I think would have been great as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mark, Va- he was also, let's see, Mark Valley, he was also a supporting actor in, did you guys ever see the movie The Siege with, uh, Denzel Washington and Annette Benning and no. about the terror, uh, the terrorists in New York, Bruce Willis. Was I did. There. Well, you know what? I'm actually, I'm, I just went and pulled up his, uh, IMDB page, Mark Valley. That, that is a handsome, handsome man. That guy, that is straight out of Ed Brubaker's run. Right, he very much he's got like, the whole the the whole face and everything, but he's just a little bit older. He's a little bit older than what the yeah. yeah. And I think that's honestly, I think that's why he didn't get the the part because he's well, yeah, perfect he's, for it. And if you ever watched that Human Target TV show, I mean, he would it was he's like a James Bond. I mean, so he's he's athletic and he's a good enough actor he could have pulled it off. Yeah, but he's ten years older than me, and I'm old as fuck. Right. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think you're older than me. So, or I mean, I think I'm older than you. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll yeah. just we'll just let that go. We'll just say we're we're, yeah. we're just we're we're up there. Yeah. Yeah. Three years older than me. So. Fuck. Guys <laughs> <laughs> are old. Shut up, whippersnapper. <laughs> I'll shake my fist at you. <laughs> Off my lawn. Actually, mow my lawn. But still. Um. Yeah, so the problem I had, um, the biggest problem I had, and I think it's emblematic throughout the Marvel Universe, they are having some serious troubles with villains, I think. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, like, Obadiah Stane was kind of believable, but his technology was, even though we're talking about a movie with powered armor, the ear ear device that makes you die, I thought was a little bit weird. Um yeah, that. I did like Kingsley in his role, but he turned out to be a phony, a great big phony. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, in this they one, could, like you were, mm-hmm. they, they could always still bring in the Mandarin, the the real Mandarin, because yeah. I think I think the uh, I think it was it's a Lebanese actor. I can't remember his name, but he was in the first two Iron Man movies, um, just briefly. Um, I think oh, I mean, they yeah. could always get him and bring him because I think he was supposed to be. Uh, you know the Mandarin, anyway. Well, he had the uh, the banner. What is it? The Army of Five Rings right. or whatever. He the, had the that ten rings, yeah. Ten rings, yeah. yeah. Ten rings, yeah. He had that banner in his uh, in his uh, office or ten. And he was playing with a ring on his finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you could absolutely have. And they do drop hints in the Iron Man movie that there is an actual Mandarin. Yeah, in the one shot. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's just kind of hanging out for a little while. Maybe that'll be some Phase Four. They, yeah, and there's they can still bring back the Red Skull too because he never really. Well, they've got they've got to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if if they're going to go the whole, you know, death of Captain America and rebirth, I mean, they they, they I mean, you almost have to have the Red Skull in there somewhere. I and I was shocked by by them getting rid of. Um, oh, what's it? Crossbones. Crossbones. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. They, I was disappointed in that too. They punked him out way too early. Easily. I mean. Well, because they sit, they spent half of Winter Soldier setting him up, yep. and then just yeah. popped him like a pimple in the first couple <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I don't know why they keep killing off their their good villains. And I, um, I just bought the Funko Pop, man. I was so disappointed. <laughs> um, now, I, I would like to say that when I was I was afraid because of the commercial going into the fight at the airport. They do a big, they pull the camera way back, and you realize there's like four people running at each other. Yeah, but the fight scene was outstanding. Ugh. And and the last beatdown scene between Bucky, uh, Cap, and Iron Man, I could probably watch that fight a lot and be pretty happy with it. That airport scene was off the charts. Yeah, it really was, and I was not expecting much because the way they showed it in the uh, the previews mm-hmm. just made it look like a big empty scene. But it really came off so much better than that. It's funny because I mean I, I agree wholeheartedly that that scene is I mean. I mean, talk about nerd boner on full alert, Daryl, oh, yeah. for that one. Um, but the only thing that I that I realized that was kind of funny about it was if you look, if you think about it, when they're sitting there talking, it, it seems like they're like five feet away from each other. Yeah. And then in reality, would they have even heard each other if they, yeah. if they were that far away? Like, what? That they're running? Yeah. Can you say that? Speak up. <laughs> that that was the only thing that I thought of. It was that was kind of funny about it. There were so many yeah, good parts in that scene, like just um, when you know when Giant Man obviously when Giant Man 
became big and he, you know, and Paul Rudd was doing the whole thing. My son and I were literally <laughs> doing the exact same thing. Like we were doing the same thing he was doing on screen. We were just like, oh, it was great. You know, you know what's so funny about Paul Rudd, who I think is a great actor, by the way. Oh, it Definitely. I doubt his mom would even cross the street to see one of his movies. You know, he's one of those guys that when people talk about, like, oh yeah, Paul Rudd, I like that guy. He's great. You want to go see a Paul Rudd movie? I'll catch it when it hits DVD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I love, I love most of his movies. I mean, he's just such a funny dude. But you know, I've I've heard a lot of negative things about him as a person, though. I've heard that he can be kind of a douche in person, um, which I was really excited because. Um, you know, not the week before last, uh, he was announced to be doing a Halloween six reunion and uh, at Monster Mania in New Jersey, um, which I thought was really, really cool. And I sent a message to my my buddy who runs Horror Hound, and I was like, "Hey, man, did you did you hear about this?" I was like, "You know, because he's a big comics and stuff, you know, geek like I am." And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, did you see that, you know, Paul Rudd's doing Monster Mania? We should try to get him at Horror Hound. And he was like, he said, those bastards, they weren't supposed to announce it yet because I booked him first. So he he then puts out a blast on Facebook for Horror Hound uh, Indianapolis for the how, oh. the same exact Halloween 6 reunion with Paul Rudd. And then that was like in the afternoon. And then by the time I got home that evening, like four or five hours later, he had already had to cancel because – of some contractual things that were keep that kept him from being able to do the con- and I was like, oh man, I was so I was so excited to get to I was gonna go have him sign something Ant Man and and it freaking that's the quickest announcement and cancel I think I've ever seen. <laughs> that is pretty quick. Yeah, that's kind of rough. Sucks. Is there anything that really left you disappointed? Because I know we all kind of give it like that high B, low A. So what was it that really kind of let you down, do you think? Or what was, I'm not that it was really let down, but what was the most disappointing aspect of the movie? Uh, I think for me, I, I sort of like the lack of the villains. Um, I think they could have had Crossbones definitely play a more prominent, you know, part of it. Um, and then the other thing, too, that I thought, you know, it kept sticking in my mind, you know, when they're going over all the different cities where all the destruction had happened and everything and how, you know, innocent people died and everything like that. I kept wanting someone to to say, hey, can you imagine how many people would have died if we hadn't interfered and, and you know, come in and save the day? But no, but nobody mentioned that, you know, I mean, oh, I think is, the, ca- the counter to that is if you get rid of Tony Stark, none of these people would have ever died. Yeah, true, right. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Well, I well don't, especially I don't know. with Ultron. Well, I mean, with all, age, Ultron, age of Ultron yeah, is Tony Stark's fault. Period. That's all Tony oh, Stark. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, but you got the you know the Shatari. I mean, they, that wasn't Tony's fault. Um, you know, I mean, if they if they don't if they don't interfere and help save the day with you know Hydra and everything, I mean, a lot of, a lot of more people are at risk or in you know, don't make oh, yeah. That's, that's the way I would, that, that'd be my argument for it. Well, and I thought a great line in there from Thunderbolt Ross. He goes, you know, basically I'm going to paraphrase here because where's Thor? Where's the Hulk? You know what happened to me if I lost two 30,000 megaton bombs? Yeah, right. True. Yeah. But if, again, though, he's talking about actual, you know, we're talking, I mean, he's talking about Thor and Banner. Those are actual people, not 
not a weapon, you know. I mean, so I mean, I think there's more rights that are involved with, you know, an actual person you can consider a weapon than just a weapon that you use. I think that's the whole point of the Sokovia Accords is they are not considered people anymore. Anymore. They're giving up all their rights. Well, and and what's what's Thor a citizen of? Not the United States. Yeah, he's an alien, so I guess. Yeah, I don't think he has rights anywhere except maybe the most. The most liberal, like uh, Scandinavian countries, might be the only <laughs> yeah, ones. <right. laughs> yeah, and I, by most liberal, I mean those who still worship Thor. <laughs> There's a couple. Yeah. Um, I, but I, now, Banner. It's funny you say that. I just watched uh, "Where to Invade Next" by Michael Moore, uh-huh. and they talked about the guy who persecuted all the bad, uh, the bad bankers in Iceland. His middle name is Thor. Of course. So well, you know, actually. <laughs> I can't remember what the name of the religion is, but that that kind of um, Thor, Odin, cultist worship apparently is taking off again in some of those most really northern countries there. Yeah, they're just putting up movie posters on the church walls. And, you yeah. know. Well, that could be, too. <laughs> just trying to get people in, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, you know, like like Oz was saying, the lack of the villains, but I think that's emblematic of Marvel as a whole. They're having trouble really anchoring a villain. Yeah, they're all pretty two-dimensional so far. I mean, Ant-Man yeah. was a fun movie, but the bad guy is just not there. Oh, yeah, and I mean, even he, though the actor... He's, he's, he's Obadiah Stane all over again. Yep, he was exactly. He was Lex Luthor and Obadiah Stane yep. rolled into one. Um, and that actor, who's Corey Stoltz? I can't remember, but that actor's usually pretty good in everything yeah. he does. He was great in House of Cards. He was the only okay thing in uh, The Strain. Oh, I like no. the strain. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen season two yet. but Oh, season two is terrible. Oh, is it? Yeah, it belongs on a TV screen as much as teeth and penis belong in the same sentence. Because that's an wow. asshole. It wasn't that bad. Just out of, um, out of curiosity, let me ask. Sure. On, uh, on Civil War, who was surprised when uh, Zemo actually kills those other Winter Soldiers? I mean, I, I, was, I was surprised by it and disappointed that I didn't get to see a giant fight. I was surprised by it, but not shocked. Um, you know, I was kind of, I wasn't looking forward to more Winter Soldiers, and I also wasn't not. So when they go in and they're all dead, I was like, well, we're obviously in a chess game of some kind at this right. point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the whole point was to get them to go up there and watch a video. Yeah. That that loses me right there. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree because I, I thought he was going to use them to control them, um, which also... You know, did anybody read the Brubaker uh, Winter Soldier comic run that he put out where he's mm-hmm. he's actually he's actually uh, he goes back dark when when Steve Rogers comes back to become Captain America. He and Black Widow are out. Black Widow, yeah. yeah, that's what they're doing. They're out trying to 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 find the rest of the Winter Soldiers. So if if that's the case that he killed them off. Then, I mean, that kind of kills any possibility for that, to, which I think could would be an excellent uh, standalone Bucky Barnes movie. Yeah, it would have. Or TV show, even. I mean, now, if they have now, multi- now his movie's a refrigerator, and you get to watch him freeze all day long. Well, they could, right. still, they could still do it, because they, I mean, they could easily explain that those actually weren't the only ones left. Like, they could have been in another lab somewhere in Russia with, you know. that's I think that's pretty easily explained away. Well, yeah, you could always have more. Yeah, but then I know. think it kind of lessens the whole... I don't know it, I, the rarity it, of it. It takes it takes yeah. away the the uniqueness yeah. of it, you know. 
Well, it's, it's like Highlander when they made it a TV show, and there were only three Immortals left in the movie, but 158 in the TV series. Yeah. Well, right, and especially when they brought you know you know uh, Connor into the TV show with Duncan. I'm like, well, where the hell was Duncan all this other time? You know, it's just so yeah. For me, there was you know the the weak villains, the the reveal of Bucky as the assassin of uh, Howard and Maria Stark. I felt came out of nowhere and just gave them a reason to fight again. Yeah, there just now, happened to be a camera where you force their car off the road. Exactly. Yeah. Now that fight was badass. Yes. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, it, for a rule of cool, I will give it a pass. But I kind of like groaned a little bit. I was like, you know, when oh, you killed my mom and dad. I was like, didn't they do this in that first Batman movie? Come on, you don't have to tie everything together. Right. I said, yeah. I'm going to disagree. Are you? Yeah, Real just for, for funsies. <laughs> okay. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, because I, it, it does make, it makes sense to me that, you know, since he's this, you know, this hired assassin and he's taken out a lot of people and they want to make more Winter Soldiers and Howard has, which is, I think is Cree, Cree blood because it's blue blood and it's the same looking stuff that he used in the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show to make more Winter Soldiers, mm-hmm. that they would use him to go get it from the Starks, because that was what was in the briefcase. Now, the ca- the random camera in the street, I'll give you that one. I was like, what? That's kind of random. But obviously needs something to prove and show that he did this. So I'm okay with it, and I wasn't expecting it. And to me, I was like, man, what would be bad enough at this point to make Tony fight them again? Because at this point... He's like, all right, all's forgiven. I'm gonna go and apologize. So I think it made sense in the story. You got it. There's a lot of you have to suspend a little bit of belief, but I'm okay with the the way they did it. And because I wasn't expecting it, and I got some feels there, man. Because you kill somebody's mom, and I can understand that. And I actually liked Zemo as a villain as well, because it was just different. It wasn't a villain that you were punching at like the other Marvel movies, was a guy that planned this out, and he won. Like, he won. So I dug that, too. He dismantled the Avengers. He dismantled the Avengers, but they are repairable at this point. I'm still trying to figure out where he got the money for an EMP device and (laughs) be able to do all this crap that he he did. They said he was some sort of, like, special ops Sokovian guy. Yeah. Yeah. He sold sold shoes on eBay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sokovia and eBay. He the Lego toys of himself. Tony Stark needs one more guy for his team. Yeah. And instead of going to Netflix heroes or maybe somebody from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that, he goes and finds a 15-year-old boy uh, who has a hot aunt in New York. Was anybody else... Well, does anybody else feel like this just further proves that there is not a shared continuity between the TV series and the Netflix series and the movie universe, except when it it works to the advantage of the movie universe. This was just about Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It was just to bring Spider-Man back in the loop and they thought, well, how are we going to do this? Because, yeah, it would make a a lot more sense to bring in, you know, any of the Netflix characters. Oh, yeah. Well, because well, if I was like Stark, I would want uh, either uh, Luke Cage or Jessica Jones right. on my team, or Daisy Johnson. Yeah, but I, you know what? If you think about it this way, 
I think if he were to go and say bring in one of those characters or say Daredevil, I think there's more likelihood that those characters would would possibly not not see the same side of it and right. as as Tony Stark. This this but brings up the he whole. He brings in a 15 year old who's somewhat impressionable and right. also a similar mind to you know scientifically as Tony Stark. Um, especially if Tony Stark helps him out, gets him a new suit and all that. Um, I think he's got more of a, I mean, he, he can, he, it's more easily that that character is going to follow Tony right. that com- compounded with the fact that Spider-Man played such an integral part of the actual civil war comic storyline. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think a no brainer. Anybody else get the vibe that Tony Stark's a scumbag for drafting a child soldier? I didn't think about it till later, but yeah. yeah, I was very, I was actually very bothered by the fact. And we're that we we're talking about a guy who made weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, you know, who he's a war profiteer, and now he's drafting yes. children to do his fights for him. Yeah, later when I thought about it, I was actually I was really troubled by two things. One, primarily being that. Two, being that Steve Rogers has suddenly decided that his judgment and his judgment alone should be the guiding force behind the Avengers. Like, I trust the American military because it's civilian-led. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I trust <laughs> them because of that. I want to hear you uh, say that in about seven months. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't, ain't going to happen, Doug. And anyways, anyways, the, the Joint Chiefs have already said, look, if he tells us like to start gassing people, it's not going to happen yeah. because it's unconstitutional. Uh, remember, our our, our commander in chief actually is severely limited in what he can do, except uh, apparently right after nine eleven. But we don't need to get into politics. <laughs> I I don't know if I trust one man's judgment all the time, and I, I get that that's kind of the whole point of the superhero story. You know, but is, if I had to trust one man's judgment, you know, in that group of people, it would be it kept. would be kept. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah if, Un- it's like until- like like Falcon said in in Winter Soldier. You know, Captain America has asked me to help him. Yeah, so what are you gonna and what are you gonna do? Yeah. No, I I get that, but it's not like Captain America hasn't ever been compromised emotionally, physically, or turned into a werewolf. You know, <laughs> not yet, yet. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. It's that thing that if if there isn't some safeguard, those well, Doug, long and short, two things in this movie bothered me the most, and it was that Tony Stark has no problem drafting a fifteen-year-old into a superhero war, where he honestly got a kid without like Spider-Man abilities would have been dead. You know what I mean? Yep. And two, that Captain America's fight and his team's fight was basically. I think my judgment's better than everybody in the world. Those were the two things that when I stand back and look at it, I'm kind of like the most bothered by. But I do have to stand back quite a bit and go, huh. Because if I just watch the movie, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking it's authoritarianism of Stark saying, well, I believe that we should hand over all power to the UN. And Cap saying, well, no, I think we do fine on our own. It's just when I start splitting hairs of trouble. Right. Yeah, I mean... I can see that, but I definitely I see both both sides of their their argument. You know, they I, I mean I think they did a pretty good job of you know. Oh, it was morally ambiguous, yeah. which I liked. Yeah. I did like that. It was there was actually no good guy in this. Yeah, there nobody was right in this, and I liked that. Cap was you know, more as right. compared. 
Well, <laughs> to to a degree, but it's not. It's like we talked about with Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a bad guy in Batman versus Superman, yeah. and it was Batman. And that's the th- that I think is more than anything why people don't don't really get it because to us we can't go, oh well, Batman is the morally questionable one of the two. Mm-hmm. I still think that was a bigger part of it than anybody realized. Of course, there's also Zack Snyder doesn't understand Superman, yeah. which is a huge part of it as well. Which, uh, by the way, guys, I think Joff Johns is going to single-handedly fix the DC universe, like from I'm, from comics to TVs to movies. I'm I'm on board with that statement because now he's in charge of the movies. And Paul, you haven't seen it yet, but I've already seen the spoil, and so has Doug. Have seen the spoilers for Rebirth. Uh-huh. Let me tell you, dude, have faith. He has got his shit together. Nice. I'm very happy to hear that. There, there's, yeah, there's some really cool stuff in there that you're going to, like, stand back and go, like, oh, wow. I'm going to shed a single tear. But, uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff coming with uh, with Rebirth, and they've busted down. Here's the thing. Let's, let's go over a couple things real quick. We'll get back to Civil War here in a second. DC premiered a new logo this week. Yep. Um, how, did you see the logo? What would you think? It's, it's a throwback, but it's kind of generic for me. It's real generic, isn't yeah. it? And you saw Jim Lee did a whole, like, oh, but it, it looks like the old DC logo. It looks like the Wonder Woman logo. It looks like the Batman logo. It looks like it does none of those things, Jim Lee. <laughs> you're a shitty artist, and you're a liar, and you're a corporate shill. Dude. Oh, God. I had to get that out of my system. <laughs> you're just, just never going to. I God forbid you guys ever meet on the street. <laughs> is, he, is he bigger than me? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm, fuck him. Man. I'm not worried about yeah, it at all. I met him. He's not very big. Oh, God. Okay, so I got that out of my system. All right. So where do we go from here with the uh, the Marvel Universe? Right, we're coming up on people's contracts are going to start ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm ready to lose Chris Evans, who I thought sucked as the Human Torch, but who I think is awesome as Steve Rogers. Well, I thought he was great as the Human Torch. He, I thought he was hysterical. Black Panther, obviously. The Ragnarok casting that just came out yesterday. No. Oh, uh, what's his place? The place McCoy is in Ragnarok. Oh, Carl Urban. Yeah. And nice. They, and they, they yeah. confirmed that Kate Blanchett's Hella. Oh wow. Yeah, I re- I read that too. And there was another one I can't remember. Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't seen anything on Ragnarok yet. Um, honestly, I've been so the Star Trek stuff that's happened, the DC stuff. I've, I've been so those have been so up my nose. I haven't really seen anything outside of them in the oh, last yeah. couple of days. Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Right, so. Oh, really? Nice. Who's he playing? Have they said? I don't know. Okay, Mephisto. I was, I was going to say because <laughs> he's played the devil before, and he's always really how, good in that. How great would that be? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but I mean, do we see? I mean, is the Falcon or Bucky going to take over as Cap? What do you guys think is coming? Dude, I, after uh, after I, Infinity I, War, I have no idea. Well, I think up to that, we're going to have a Secret Avengers kind of thing. Probably no movie, mm-hmm. but that little, you know, Cap will have his own team behind the lines kind of thing. Right, and my brother told me that actually happened in the comics yep. too. That he ran around for a bit just as Captain Steve Rogers, yep, with a group of his own people. Yep, the Secret Avengers. Yeah. Great book. Oh, also, yeah, shit. How can I even forget this? Black Panther. Paul, what'd you think? Um, he was my favorite part of the whole movie. I would say it would be Black Panther. 
pretty badass. But, um, yeah. but you know, I mean, obviously, my being my son, I don't know if you guys know this, but Black Panther has been my son's favorite superhero, like his entire life for some reason. And uh, so it was like a very emotional for us. We finally get to see it, and he was so stoked, and he loved it, and just the actor was phenomenal. I mean, there's nothing bad I could say about that the Black Panther in that movie. No, not at all. I, 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 I greatly agree. When he met Hawkeye, he's like, oh, we haven't met yet. My name's Clint. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That's awesome. He's so separate. Like, he's not, he just separates himself from all this nonsense. He's like the only one that has his shit together. All right, he's stoic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh God! Also, back to Paul Rudd when when Paul Rudd uh, tells tells Black Widow, he's like, "I, I what is? It? I don't want to hurt you or something." She's <laughs> like, "I don't think that's going to be a problem, really." Yeah, yeah, that was that was hysterical. But you know, Black Panther. I mean, I, like I said before, I mean, he, he, that's the one out of this whole movie um, that I was so pleasantly surprised about. I knew I was going to enjoy the movie. But um, when I walked out of there, I was like, man, I want to see more Black Panther. Yeah. I was like, I just, you know, I mean, I'm I'm grabbing comic books and everything else. Just like I, I can't get enough, you know, I mean, I got I got my Marvel uh, collector core crate and it's got Black Panther shit in it. I'm reading it, you know, and I mean, it's just awesome. Just can't get, I 2018 can't get here soon enough. Yeah, I was disappointed in the first uh, stinger that they didn't show more of the city, you know, of Wakanda proper. Yeah. Rather than just, you know, fog and uh, a statue. Well, you did get to see that it's super scientifically advanced. At least that one room was. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I know it is, but the, the casual viewer is not going to know that. And uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's playing the Grand Master, and Carl Urban's playing Scourge. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know... I, I think this one is going to be better. I was let down initially by the first Thor movie. For me, it, it was just very much Richard Donner's Superman with a few changes. I'll go along with that. Yeah, yeah it was I'm, still fun. Yeah, it was still a fun watch, but, it, you know, that for me, that was like, as I'm watching, I'm like, I'm, I, I've seen this movie yep. somewhere. Yeah. comparison. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the second Thor movie definitely made up for it. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, it did. And and anytime they put Thor in the Avengers movies, he steps away from that. That you know, he is good in the role. That first movie was just kind of cold to me, and it was what Kenneth Branagh said. He is one of those guys who is steeped in that same kind of film lore and storytelling lore, and you know, probably subconsciously remade the movie. Right. Yeah. But I'll be yeah. Ragnarok's going to be good. Hey, back to Civil War. I'm still wondering mm-hmm. why the Vision and, and War Machine were not in that first mission. You know where the, everything went south and Scarlet Witch accidentally kills a bunch of people. If you had the Vision there or War Machine, that might may have never happened. Well, I think Vision was actually at a knitting class. <laughs> yeah, he had to he had to knit that sweater he was wearing. Yeah, you can't just for Jay crew. You can't yeah. you can't just send him to Target, you know. No, that's that's a special case. You got to get his clothing from. Um, and War Machine is he still active military? He is, I believe. So that would make so sense. his so his time's not his own. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, Doug. I mean, the War Machine. I can like because he's active military. I can figure that one out. Yeah, I mean, one line one line in the movie could have explained it, but yeah, it kind of left a blank for me. Yeah, and I, and I know that like in the comics, like doesn't Vision get a little bit weird about uh, Wanda eventually? Anyways, well, oh, yeah. very weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. super weird. Twins yeah. weird. 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, but the scene where he accidentally shoots down War Machine, I, I was a little bit. I mean, I wasn't bothered by it, but I was just like, yeah, you know, kind of scratched my head at it. How did he survive that? Yeah, there's no <laughs> way to survive that. Oh, his spine's busted. I'm thinking that's it. That's all. And his head's over here. <laughs> yeah. Did any of you guys ever see the uh, the Six Million Dollar Man? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that was left to him was part of his uh, skull casing, and a leg was over there, and an right. arm was over there, and he had a parachute. That's that's the next Avenger. It's going to be Steve Austin. I would hope so, and I, I hope they actually get the pro wrestler to play him. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> I know. I know. Actually, you He'll know, start beating Marky, up all the women. Marky Mark is going to play him. Is what's yeah. happening. Yeah. They're doing a movie called The Six Billion Dollar Man. Are they really? And it's yes, yeah. yeah. And Mark, is, Mark's going to play. Lee Major's going to have a cameo. He better have a cameo. He should. Yeah. You know, years ago, I don't know how true it was. Years ago, there was supposed to be a show on the Sci-Fi Channel called Lee and Me, or Me and Lee, and it was going to be about a kid who found out that his neighbor was Lee Majors, and Lee Majors was actually a bionic super agent from the seventies. <laughs> I don't know if that was true or not. I read somewhere that they were going to do it, and I was like, I, I would fucking personally fund this show if you can make this happen. Yeah. You just have him drive around in that big, huge truck from the Fall Guy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> With Heather Thomas. I wonder what she looks like now. Um, I bet it's not too bad. I bet, no, it yeah. could, you know what? So anybody got any uh, parting thoughts on Civil War today? Paul, let's start with you. No, man, I think uh, I love the movie. Uh, I think... It's getting a lot of – if you go online, you know, and go on these groups, I really don't understand, like, everyone having to say either Batman versus Superman or Civil War was better. Such it's, a false choice. It's right. just – it's so ridiculous. It's, like, absolutely yeah. ridiculousness. We talked about this a little bit. It's doing no good for the genre whatsoever. If someone likes Batman versus Superman more than Civil War, good on you. I'm glad you enjoyed it, you know. Uh, I personally like Civil War better, but that's just my opinion. You know, yeah, but everybody's okay. got their opinion and their right to be wrong. Yeah, that's, exactly. You, well, it's, yeah. yeah, but you would you would you, you would think that by reading this stuff, you're like, yeah, uh, I like Civil War better, and I fucked your mom last night. You know, <laughs> they just freaking <laughs> oh, yeah. lose well, their damn minds. It's like, how dare you have the different opinion than I do? It's well, what was the thing a few years ago when Twilight was big and the teenage girls had to pick a team between yeah. the fucking werewolf and the vampire? That's all this is, guys. Yeah. You're fucking, yeah, you're nerd bonering over, you know, the difference between Marvel and DC. In the meantime, what's going to happen is you're going to fucking ruin superhero movies for everybody. Yep. Absolutely. Gonna, oh, yeah, we're going to be back to making, shitty. They're making plenty of money. I'm not worried about that. For now. But when things start getting thin and they start turning out the cheap, shitty ones again, and what we get is steel, barbed wire, and a fifth well, fucking I, Nicolas Cage I think uh, I think the page, Ghost Rider movie. The page is turned. Think so? Oh yeah, we're. I mean, these are billion dollar movies. I hope yeah, so. for now though. For now, you keep saying for now, but look, yeah. look at the last ten billion dollar movies. Yeah, but <laughs> look at what happened to westerns. You know? Yeah, their comic books were around then too. You know, they've just they've, well, yeah, just, they've, they've just been waiting on their time, and now it's here, and they're yeah. going to be here for a while. Well, yeah, and I hope they are because I again, really geek so. culture, geek culture is my culture. You know, superheroes are my mythology. I don't want people fucking pissing on it and ruining it. You know. Well, you know, with with westerns, you're you're right about that. But you know what? I mean, there's only there's so much more source material for superhero movies and comic movies than there is, you know, with uh, with with you know 
westerns and you know robin stage coaches and you know oh stuff sure like that yeah. i mean there's just so much more yeah i mean there was a lot of crap being made on those old westerns you right can still yep. uh, still an unforgiven will come along every now and then and and show you how a western should be right mm-hmm. Well, it took an Italian to make the three greatest Western films in American cinema, too. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but what I'm saying, yeah, but what I'm saying is, there's a point where the the hugest genre. Well, you know what? I think what I may want to do, and maybe I'll put this up for a vote right now. I would like to do a show coming up where we try to figure out why geeks and nerds are so fucking angry all the time anymore. (laughs) The best time ever to be a nerd is right now. And, and they're they're fucking shitting on each other and you know saying that they fucked each other's mom on Reddit. Yeah. And that's that's how we're celebrating right now. Yeah, yeah I'd be down to do that. I don't know. It's it's a, it's really weird. Like I don't know how I could be so happy that any movie comes out, and then some people are like, "Uh, screw that movie. It's on the other guy's team." This year we're gonna see a Doctor Strange movie. So I know Doug, you're fucking stoked about that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we saw Batman. Even if it was a lackluster movie, we saw Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in the same movie. Yep. Never thought in my lifetime we would ever see that. We've got mega superhero crossovers and and a eight year tradition of them now because of Marvel. Never thought we'd see that. Mm-hmm. And yet everybody seems to be all pissed off about it. <laughs> I, I just I just don't get it. Just don't. Well, it's not, oh. it's not everybody because obviously there's no, four yeah. of us sitting right here that aren't that upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that's a good. Point. It's the vocal, the vocal idiots, the greasy wheels. You know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm thinking. Minority. I'm thinking of the uh, the Big Bang Theory and Sheldon saying something. You know, trying to trying to put some smack down and oh, and I did something with your mother. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all he knows to say. I mean, I'm excited about like you know people like uh, Millar getting to make. Yeah, he's making the second one of those the the James Bond kind of thing that he just did last year with Colin Firth. Oh, yeah. oh, the Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they got yeah. the second one of that coming out. And he's talking about making his uh, the Chrononauts into a movie. Yeah, he's uh, nemesis. Like he's he's wants to do like the Malar world. Yeah, movies. the Irredeemable and all that. Cool yeah, stuff. I would watch the shit out of those movies. I mean, it's like you said, it's a good time it. to be a geek. Yeah, it's a great time. You know, Mark Millar actually wrote one of my favorite uh, recent graphic novels as well. It's one called Starlight. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, no secret. I'm a giant Flash Gordon nerd. I've got yeah. a half sleeve tattoo. I've got the fucking album hanging in my entryway. In perpetuity, since the late '90s, I have owned the ringer tee that says Flash on it in some fashion or form. Yeah, cool. Um, this is basically the story of Flash Gordon after he re- his retirement age, yep. and it's just fucking outstanding. The first two cassettes I ever bought in my life was ACDC Back in Black and the soundtrack to Flash Gordon. And those were two great two great albums that was, for that kind of that was a good anthem day. style rock. Yeah, well, Jeremy, have you read Millar's Starlight? Oh yeah, me, I absolutely. Okay. Um, that's like I said, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, supposedly that's coming too. Well, here's the thing. So when I first found it, I, I tweeted out, um, is there any chance that Starlight could be the sequel to Flash Gordon? And he actually wrote back to me. He's like, fuck you. We're making a movie of our own. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I mean, he was a little more polite about it, but I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not bringing that topic up ever, ever again. Have you read The Chrononauts? I have not read The Chrononauts, no. That's a fun one. Yeah, it's good. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um Oz, what do you think? Let's. Uh, what What are your parting thoughts on Civil War? Honestly, I I can't watch it enough, man. I mean, I I love this movie. 
Um, you know, it's got the, the few little, you know, tweaks. I mean, it's not a, it's about as close to a perfect movie as you're going to get. I mean, there, you, there's always going to be something that you can nitpick at. Um, but I mean, if, if you can, if, if you sit through this movie and you're not entertained and you don't want to see more and you don't, don't need to check for a pulse or something, uh, especially if you're a comic geek or, you know, even just a, a casual uh, fan of superhero movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, how you can sit through this without, you know, even remotely becoming aroused, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> I have failed. <laughs> That's unacceptable, sir. I need my Viagra, I guess. Yeah. Oh, you've reached that age. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you need your purple pill. Well, take it 30 minutes before you watch Civil War for, for your happy oh. ending. I have to watch it twice so I get the four hours out of it. (laughs) All right, Doug, so what are your parting thoughts on Civil War? You know, I think Oz nailed it. It leaves you wanting more. I want to see what happened to Steve Rogers after that. Where did they go? How are they going to do Ant-Man? How does Paul Rudd fit back in? You know, well, not Paul Mm -hmm. Rudd, but Scott Lang. Is he on the run now with the Wasp? You know, are we going to clear things up? Or, you know, it, it left me wanting to see what happens next. Yeah. Hey, so anybody come away at all? I did a little bit, but not bad enough to ever complain. Did anybody feel like they watched a two and a half hour preview for the next movie? No, no. That's that's what I felt like. Superman, Batman versus Superman. That's definitely what I felt like with that. Yeah, yeah. and I felt much less so with this. I mean, it definitely set stuff up, but it told the story as well. Yeah, so it, it was it, much. It less. left me wanting, but not that I've been robbed. Yeah, exactly. And I was I was a little bit pleasantly surprised that because I was fully expecting Cap to to get taken out at the end of this like he does. Right. That's what you said. And I was expecting that. And I'm not disappointed, but, you know, I'm I'm like, okay with it. But I think it's going to have to happen eventually. Um, You know, I, I. no, I just, I'm just thinking it needs to happen eventually if, if it's going to continue on and, you know, even remotely stay to some of the source uh, comic material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this movie set up the moment where Tony Stark is in knees deep in trouble with his Avengers fighting off probably Thanos, Thanos or something yeah. Thanos related. And he's having to, you know, get that flip phone out, make the call. Then you'll have Cap show up and he has to give Cap back the shield. You know, there's a huge symbolic moment there, and then you finally will get your Avengers assemble, you know, which we've yeah. never heard yet. Yeah, they still haven't said that on screen. They they keep prick teasing us with it. Yep. They don't say it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be the moment you finally hear it. Yeah. Do we know yeah. for sure that Cap doesn't have his shield? He, he yeah, at the, the very end of the movie. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he uh, Stark tells him, "You don't deserve that shield. My father made that shield." And Cap drops it. I mean, just yep. drops it. And oh, okay. Out. I guess I did. Yeah. Like it was some kind of vibranium microphone. Like it, yeah, I was just going to say, like <laughs> dropping a mic. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I was very happy with it. Now I had to wait an extra day to see it because I had a dog emergency on Saturday, and I had to eat two IMAX tickets. And then my wife bought me a ticket to see it the following morning by myself at eight thirty in the morning. Um, sometimes I like seeing movies by myself. Sometimes I don't. And uh, at first, I was bothered going in there by myself, but. Ten minutes in, I didn't even think about the fact that I was in a movie theater. Yeah, you yeah. totally disconnect and you're in it. Yeah. Last time I did um, that was, was Mad Max. 
Oh, that was such an awesome yeah, movie. Yeah, I, overall, this was a fun ride. I enjoyed it. I think the casting in here is great. I did. No, overall, I thought this was a really good movie, and I'm, I was really stoked to see it. I was very happy. I did not feel disappointed at all. Um, I was. I liked it ten times as much as I liked Avengers 2, which I'm still just a little bit let down by. I, I am right there with you. Yeah. yeah. I agree to that. All right, cool. So, Oz, if people want to find you coming up here, uh, what project are you working on, and what announcements do you got coming up? Uh, well, actually, this week we should be uh, launching uh, Postmortem Radio, where you can find us on uh, Facebook, Postmortem Radio. That's what we got going okay. on right now. And, Doug, if people want to find you on the interweb, where can they find you at? Starkwork.com, S-T-U-R-K-W-U-R-K.com. Hey, also, did you guys catch that Stan Lee did make his uh, retirement announcement yeah, about did. doing cons? Bummed me out. Yeah. So this year, it's this year's uh, New York Comic Con, right? Yes, sir. So if you're near New York and you haven't met Stan Lee, this might be your last chance, guys. Hey, Doug, you're no, you're not that far away. Uh, he's going to be at Fandom Fest next month. I've got some friends going down there to take a shitload of Funko Pops to have him sign. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, in the meantime, you can catch us at geekishcast.com. You can find us at facebook.com slash geekishcast. And I tweet from at Geekish Cast. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us. We'll see you all soon. Yeah. Have a good one.